0: We're there. Wonderful. Good. Welcome back on the tape. Um, I hope you've had as good an afternoon as we have here, just outside Guildford. And um, I'm, you'll see from the heading on the back of the second sheet, this this evening um, is entitled, How Can I Be Filled with the Holy Spirit? Or, or, um, I mean, that's the terminology that we're picking up from, from Scripture, this idea of being filled with the Spirit. But <clears throat> really, I, I suppose what I want to, to speak on Or what I understand that to mean is, um, what's my response? What's our response? What are Christians' responses to the kind of thing that we've heard this morning as we're talking about how we can know God personally in our lives? Um, And picking up this this image of the, the living water... That Ezekiel and John referred to the, the the life of God, like a stream of living water flowing from within us. Um, how do we come to, to to drink that water, to wash in that water, to be refreshed in that water, to experience that water in our everyday lives? And um, I suppose let's think about it in terms of um, our everyday living, practically. How is it that you have, we have in in the West? Um, fresh running water in our houses I I suggest it's it's two things that go together the first is that we are connected to the mains water so there's a connection to the mains water which enables secondly a supply of water into our houses and those two things don't really stand alone they, they, they go together the connection enables a supply but the supply only comes because of the connection that the point of being connected to the mains water is in order that we might have the supply in the bathroom and the kitchen and the loo and wherever it might be. And, and, and so sort of in a technical sense, to, to ask that, answer that question, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, it's, it's to ensure there is connection in order that we might receive supply, if I can put it in that sort of technical, rather dispassionate way. The connection comes through Jesus Christ. Connection to God. I, I cannot... I, can, I, I I can't do it in my own strength I, I should i'll only just i'll work harder and never be sure that i've done enough it I just have to recognize it it's grace and gift and that that's grace that gift is received through trust and faith in Jesus christ and so I put my trust and faith in him connection but the connection is only so that I might have or it, it is is primarily so that I might have supply. His life, his water, running and flowing in and through me. And I guess it's interesting just to pause for a moment and to reflect on, on how God has made us all different, which is wonderful, unique and different. And um, so if I may maybe extend and maybe slightly overuse the analogy, some of us, on recognition that we're connected to the mains water and therefore we have supply, some of us will want to race round every single tap in the house and turn them on full. Look, water pouring out. I, I, guess, I guess I might be in that kind of that end of the spectrum. Just, you know, kind of an out there kind of guy. Someone once said to me, um, Tim, have you ever given a talk without using your hands? <laughs> 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 yeah, if, if I tried to, you'd lose something of me and, and of the talk. So I suppose I'm, but I, I, I'm so thankful to my first boss, my first vicar. Um, who was clearly just overflowing with the water of the Spirit, it was completely different for me. Um, you know, in giving a talk, he had been trained to keep his hands down by his side and to stand stock still. An absolute perfect delivery, like a crystal clear delivery. Um, whereas I you know, gush out all sorts of words. His he was using a supreme economy. But, and we were so different in so many ways. Um, and yet he was clearly... Full of the spirit. His personality very different from mine. And yet it was the same life from God. That, that transcends the kind of personality that God has given us. So it's not any one type. Some of us will turn on. Others of us will just go to one tap. And very gently turn it on to see if there's a little drip. And we'll sort of think about that for a bit. And that seems quite good. So we might turn on another tap. And bit by bit we appropriate the supply that comes through the connection. And we're all of us different, and, and, and I want to encourage us to resist the temptation, of thinking, oh, well, I, I'd better be like that kind of person, or that kind of person, different from who I am. God loves you as you are. That's why he made you the way you are. And he rejoices in you being fully who you are, which comes through his life-giving spirit. Um, let's look at that scripturally. Uh, let's back up that that's kind of theory, that analogy. And it's uh, Galatians chapter 2, page... One one o four. Page one one o four. Paul being um, just for a moment autobiographical, and uh, talking about <coughs> himself in in relation to the old way of living, in relation to the law. Remember the sort of the weight of the rucksack, and he's done away with that. And this is how he chooses to describe that. And he's really talking about. Um, A relationship with God through Christ by the Spirit. Um, And this is how he describes it. This is one of a number of examples we could use in the New Testament. He simply says, verse 20 of chapter 2 I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ, Paul says. I no longer live. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. That's the, the kind of transformation that has taken place in Paul's understanding, Paul's life. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, there's no explicit mention of the Spirit there, but, but by by implication. I mean, I'm going to ask you, how does Christ, the, the, if we're thinking of Jesus as incarnated human, God in human form. Then how does a, how does a human live in another human? How can Paul talk about someone living in them unless it is by another form? And he's clearly he's clearly talking of the person of the Spirit. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. What does that look like? Well, I've, I want a little visual aid here. Um, so a bowl of water, which I hope you can all see. And the sponge. Um, and uh, for, for a number of us, maybe, when we, when we first sort of became aware and conscious of Christian things, we were like this sponge, here we are, living my life perfectly okay. Um, and I come into to contact, maybe sort of Christmas or Easter, or know, a, someone moved into the office or the neighbourhood, uh, who was um, uh, clearly a, a, in a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ? They, there was something about them, and you kind of come in contact with them. But a bit like that sponge, you know, we we actually—it's it, only really molecular contact that we want. I mean, if, if we want to really keep ourselves as 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 distinct as we can, and we just, you know, come away again, and it all—it'll all just run off, and that's great. Phew, and I got away with it. <laughs> now, what Paul is saying here. Is, is is there's there's actually there's this transformation that takes place until this sponge can truly be what this sponge is meant to be, filled with water, uh, and so with that verse in mind, th- this is this is what's happening. I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, the sponge goes in the water, but if I just pause it there and take it out again, actually, although there's quite a bit more, it, it's quite it's still quite dry on the top. Um, so although the sponge is in the water, actually there's a there's a kind of two-stage thing that happens at the same time, a synonymous thing. I've been crucified with Christ, and I live no longer I, but, but Christ lives in me. Sponge in water and water in sponge. So that the life I now live is not precariously perched on the surface. The life I now live is baptised, immersed, overwhelmed. The life I now live is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Sponge in water, I've been crucified to Christ. I commit myself to Christ. Connection. Water in sponge, synonymous. I mean, you could see it happening, actually. Is, is Christ living in me, being filled with the Spirit. Supply. So that as a Christian, I I go from that uh, infilling experience, if you like, and I go into the place of work, or I go and have coffee with my neighbour, or I'm dealing with my children, or wherever it is, and I'm just leaking God. (laughs) As we'll see later on, you see, we we are kind of leaky vessels, this side of our perfection, this side of the the time when God will, will complete our redemption and restoration, we do leak. And so, as we'll come to see, actually, we need to just come back and soak again. But you, realize, you notice, look, look, after that initial immersion in Christ, actually, the, the infilling is, so I don't have to squeeze, just gently prod, and the water fills the sponge again, so that I go to work on Monday morning, and uh, I just leak God, his presence, wherever he calls me to be. Oops. Um, yep, I was nearly leaking God all over this. <laughs> Antique. <laughs> Let's just leave that there. Now, the only, uh, like a lot of analogies, uh, they fall short because that sponge is not a living being. Um, actually, in, in, the natural, in the natural, I suppose sponges are living things, aren't they? But um, I, I wouldn't expect and anticipate to have a relationship with a sponge. But in, in, it, we, there is clearly this anticipation that we can relate to God. We can get to know God. God, <laughs> you're <all> right, Sean. <laughs> I'll resist any comments. So the question, I guess, the question in terms of how can I be filled with the Spirit? How can I get to know God? Is well, well, where are you in terms of your relationship with God? Where, where would you say you are? Um, balanced on top of the water, maybe nowhere near the water, um, contemplating, immersing yourself contemplating what it might be for God to invade me, as it were, and to fill me so that I'm, I'm just full to overflowing with him. Where, where are you? And I guess following on from that question, where are you in terms of your relationship with God? What is it that you've discovered of Jesus Christ? What have you learned of what he's done for you to make a relationship with him possible? The next question is, what's the next step? What's the next step? I was thinking about um, you know when I first encountered Jo, who's now my wife, but I met her at um, at university, and um, I, I fairly quickly I knew that actually to have some kind of connection with her would would be quite a nice thing. Um, so I, I just that's that's the next. I'd quite like to you know establish some kind of connection. So you you know I contrived to just happen to be in the same place as she was. Um, you know, of all the coffee bars on campus, oh, oh, oh I'm in the same one as you The fact that for days I've been casing the whole thing. Where does she go? What time is she there? Um Aww. And and so a a relationship, and then I think, well, then and then you begin to imagine in any kind of relationship, not necessarily a romantic relationship, in any kind of, you know, like you're thinking about a a move in your business or an acquisition or something. You'd be, well, what would it be? What would life be like? How would it be different? There might be some some costs, but uh, but are they outweighed by the benefits? What what would it be like if I I ventured on the next stage? What what if I, um, you know after hours what if we had a bit of time together and if we had time together in a kind of you know dating relationship i mean could this get quite serious do we begin to mention the m word and uh, and so it goes on what would it be like to be living with this person forever can i imagine that and bit by bit as i got to know joe i thought yeah actually that would be fantastic yeah. i mean could i live without joe yes but do i want to no um, and so, as you, as you begin that, uh, allow yourself to begin to think in that way, you tiptoe towards covenant. And it's, it's the same with, with God, in a sense. And what do I know of God? What have I been learning about God? About his goodness and his love, that while we don't even know about him, he's reaching out to us, longing for us to be full of his life, so that we become even more alive. Free from fear, free from worry or concern, free from the things that so often inhibit us. Free to be who he's called us to be. So where are you with God and what's the next step? I want to suggest, let's look at this uh, next scripture in Ephesians chapter 5. The next step actually is to follow a command of God. Given by Paul in his letter to the Ephesians. Page 1111, Ephesians chapter 5. Um, oh, oh no! I'm looking at the wrong chapter. Sorry, chapter five. How's it going? Chapter four. Here we are. Um, let's go from verse 18. Paul says to the Ephesians, "Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit." Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I read that whole bit, even though the, the kind of the command there is in the first verse that we read, at eighteen. Be filled with the Spirit, because in the original. Um, Greek language in which this is written, it's all one sentence down to verse 21. And what you've got here, let me just give you a little bit on the construction. You've got a command, an imperative, be filled, That's that's an order. And then there are four other verbs that follow and hang off that, if that command is like a hook, then there are four verbs that hang off that hook and they're all participles. In other words, they're the result of the command. Um, and they are speaking, in verse 19, singing, or what it, it's put as sing in the English, but actually it's a participle, singing and, and making music, um, giving thanks, verse 20, and submitting to one another, in verse 21. So the, the hook, the command, is be filled with the Spirit, and the result of that is speaking to one another, singing and making music to the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father, and submitting to one another. And that's what Paul commands of us, so, just to look at that, that imperative and to flesh that out. It is, it is a present imperative passive, which means <laughs> present is in the present tense, it's, so it's ongoing. You, you could translate that, go on being filled. A be filled sounds like um, it's in the past tense and then there's a one-off event. Done that, tick, tick, got the t-shirt, move on. But it's present In other words, it's it's go on being filled. It's just in recognition that someone will make a snide comment on a Monday morning. uh, That your your work will be difficult, or the children will get to you, or you're tired, or whatever. And it's just in recognition that we get dried out. So go on being filled. Um, It's an imperative. Which is to say it's a command, it's not an option. Do you remember, it's just like be born again. You must be born again, it's not an option. That's a command. And having been born again of the Spirit of God to go on being filled. Actually, I mean, it's a, it's the greatest command. I mean, why wouldn't you want the life of God? <laughs> it's a bit like saying to, it's a bit like saying to the kids, you must eat that chocolate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like a good deal if you're telling me. So it's an imperative. And the third thing is it's passive. Uh, in other words, we are in the accusative case. The, we're the object of this filling. It's something we receive. It's not something we can initiate. God is the subject. He fills us with his spirit. And we are invited or commanded to receive. And just of that, the, the hooks that hang off it, in, in terms of what will this spirit-filled life look like, two of those things are with reference to, to our human relationships. We'll speak, well, as, um, as Paul puts it, um, Psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit to one another. Um, I'm not sure how literally we take that, but I think what he's getting at is that we, we will basically speak life and encouragement to one another. If you, if you think of much, many of the sort of contents of the, of the songs that we sing, even when they are directed to God or about God, it's encouraging when we do that in the company of others. That's, that's part of the reason why we sing together at church and why I love to encourage house groups to um, sing, if only in their hearts, <laughs> to the Lord, to create space for, for sort of you know, the, the encouragement and exaltation of life. So it encourages one another. That, that I think is what it, Paul is getting at there uh, with the speaking. And the submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, it's just, it's just a reference to, to putting into practice God first and others second. And then um, maybe we look to ourselves. And if we each serve out of reverence for Christ, each look to serve one another, then, then the body is built up. So, so that's what spirit-filled living will will look like in relation to one another. But look what spirit-filled living looks like in relation to God. Singing and making music from our heart to the Lord. Worship. Devotion. Whether spoken, actually, in in practical terms. It's it's not um, all the time that we have resource to music or musicians. But it's it's that sense of the the, the heart making play. Uh, Our our insides rejoicing. Even if in a spoken sense. And uh, look at verse 20. Giving thanks to God the Father. Gratitude. Gratitude. Demonstrating that it isn't all down to us. But we recognise the grace, the generosity uh, and the love of the Father who's given us so much. And so by way of response we, we sing and worship and make music to him. That's singing and giving thanks. I often think it is a mark of the, of the spirit. I, I, it, always, it does amuse me that in the prayer book um, I think you can find little instructions to the congregation uh, and the minister from time to time in the services. And I think it's in the prayer book that um, it's, it's written in one of the services, Hallelujah. And then in brackets it says, maybe said twice after Easter. <laughs> <laughs> I know sometimes some people worry, you know, is this all this sort of talk of, 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 of kind of worship and gratitude and, uh, and expression? Is, isn't there a danger of, of, of emotionalism? I've kind of just going over the top, and again, I'm reminded of um, Cuthbert Barsley, who was the former Bishop of Coventry, who, who said that um, his observation was that delirious emotionalism is not the chief danger of the Church of England. <laughs> and I don't know about your experience, but I think he may have a point there. <laughs> it's almost as if that, you know, the presupposition is that church ought to be emotion-free and dull. You know? <laughs> that we can go to a football match. I, p- I can pay money, quite a lot of money, to go to a football match, and and the anticipation is that I'll have something to cheer about, something to get me out of my seat. Oh yeah, you know, to give vent. Yes, and that's that's fun. Or I'll go to the cinema. Um, and uh, if you, a few years ago, I, I know I've told this story, but uh, we, Joe and I went to see Billy Elliot, and we told someone we were going to go and see the film Billy Elliot, and they said, oh, take your tissues, take a box of tissues, and we said, oh, why? Oh, you'll have a really good cry. Have a really good. <laughs> and you think oh, do I want to oh okay and it was clearly a good thing you know that's a good yeah yeah oh you'll have a good cry and I think yeah what I'm... so I'm going to pay money I'm going to pay money so on and I sit down and cry and that's a good thing and it's so funny isn't it in the, in the context of film cinema it's, it's a good thing to have a good uh, you can have a good cry and um, in the context of a football match you know a good old yeah welcome to church oh shh I was, you know where's that come from if, if, if that isn't actually something of the devil, I mean, if you were the devil wanting to rob Christians of their inheritance and rob Christians of everything that they have, wouldn't you convince them that you've got to be really quiet and in church? And now, I know, I know there is something of the awe and the reverence. and I know we could probably do with a lot more reverent silence in church from time to time. But I wonder, too, whether we haven't lost something of the sheer joy and exhilaration of knowing God and his life in us by his spirit. So how? 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 Um, let's turn. Our final reference is in Luke. Luke's Gospel. And this is on page 984. Jesus talking to his disciples on the, in the context of prayer. Luke chapter 11. And uh, he's taught them a kind of template for prayer, which we know as the Lord's Prayer. And um, then he goes on to say in verse 9 of chapter 11. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Those who seek find. And to those who knock, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion I guess there's a little bit of sort of cultural translation that needs to take place. And we fully appreciate Jesus' examples there. I don't know, when was the last time your boys asked for an egg? Daddy, daddy, please, of all all the things I want for my birthday, please, please, an egg, an egg. Oh, Uh, but you can make the translation. If you then, though you are evil, Jesus says, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How can I be filled with the Spirit? How can I be filled with this life-giving water? How can I know God and be overwhelmed by Him? That's the sponge. Overwhelmed by the water. And the simple answer is, verse 13 at the end there, ask. Ask Him. James says, you do not have because you do not ask. So we ask. I think the question to ask, really, is, is not... How can I be filled? But actually, what's preventing me being filled? Because because God loves to give. You see, Jesus knows that we, we struggle with this. So he, you see how he repeats himself. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That's three ways of saying the same thing. But he knows, actually, we struggle with this. He, he must have had the British in mind. I think, well, I'll, I'll cue oh, after you. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> So so he kind of repeats it. For everyone who asks, receives. Those who seek, find. And those who knock, the door will be open. That's six ways of saying exactly the same thing. Because he longs for us to receive. So what is preventing us? So often, in my own personal experience, and in the experience of those that I I meet with and and, and pastor and counsel, it boils down to one of just a few things. The first is doubt. We, We doubt that God really is good good enough that his gift of life by the spirit is is exactly what we, we want and need to live we we doubt maybe that we we're, we're worthy of it we we doubt that really God will make a difference you know the opposite of faith is not doubt it's memory and when we when we need to exercise faith to receive God, what we need to do actually is to stand against memory, to resist memory, what I know in the past I remember, oh well this happened and, and, and funny enough, that, 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 the memory of the past, particularly past failures that can fuel doubt in the present they, they're, they're like barnacles on the hull of a ship, they'll just slow us down and we need to re- resist our knowledge in order to be filled with his knowledge. He, he knows us so much better than we know ourselves. So when we come to him full of faith, not, not doubting that he wants to give us the very best. And often it's guilt. Another barrier that prevents us from receiving from him is, is guilt guilt from the past, from things that we've done, that we begin to suspect or believe falsely that God in Christ cannot forgive. I want want to challenge this um, subtle form of pride. Because to to, to state that there's something that I've done that God cannot forgive is to say that there is something that I know about in my life that I'm kind of harboring or holding on to that stands apart from and above the crucifixion. And that when God acted in this universal redemption plan. To, to deal with the whole of human sin. yet he, he did that apart from my little thing here. You see how subtly that is actually a form of pride. So I'm going to put myself apart from the God of the whole universe. Who knows what he's doing. Past, present and future. But I don't believe that Christ's work on the cross is sufficient to deal with whatever it is that I'm holding on to. And all the while that's the case, there can't be connection with God through Christ, and there can't be supply. And we just need to trust God at his word. And Jesus, the work of Jesus on the cross, that he died for all people and for all our sin, whatever it is that we might have put in the way of a relationship with God. Guilt. I was talking to someone the other day, and, um, I'd been preaching on the, uh, prodigal son. And I was just talking to and I said, you know, do, how, do you, do you sort of, do you picture yourself? Can you picture yourself in that, in that story that Jesus told? And this person said, uh, oh, yes, yeah. I'm very much like the prodigal son, you know, the son who went away in, in the story in Luke 15. And I said, oh, we we explore that a little bit. And I said, um, I don't know what prompted me to ask, but I said, and, and do you feel you've come back to the father? And that the father has received you into the house. And put a robe and a ring and sandals. And this person said. Oh no. Because you know, it, it was with, so with such confidence. I was, I was expecting in the tone of voice. Oh yes. But they, they said. Oh no. And I said. Do you, do you want to ask. Why is that? And uh, they told me about something in their life. That they didn't feel the father could possibly forgive. There's no way I could go back to the house. There's no way I could be a son as it were. In the house with what I've done. And um, it was. I mean in in one sense it was a sort of sadness to hear that. But actually a real privilege to. Attempt to explain that the whole point of the story. Was that no matter what the son. Had done in wasting the whole of his father's inheritance. Or his share of the father's inheritance. He was welcomed back with open arms. The fatted calf. The finest. The best. uh, And the the, the status and the privilege. And, and, And Jesus told that story. To indicate that that's where we stand if we will only receive his forgiveness and his welcome. There's nothing that we can hold that God can't deal with in terms of his life-giving and releasing forgiveness. So deal with guilt. Come to, to Jesus. Picture him on the cross. Picture him looking at you and you alone. He would have died on that cross in exactly the same way if you had been the only person in the world in order to release you from the debt of sin and the guilt that that induces. Maybe it's fear. Thirdly, do do I have to be filled with the Spirit? Do I have to be a sponge immersed in the water? Do I have to receive a water supply in the house of my life? Do you know, the honest answer to that is no, you don't. You could be connected to the mains you don't have to have a shower and a bath, dishwasher, sink, flushing toilet. Um, it's possible to live. It's possible. They're not particularly desirous to live. <laughs> I mean, um, do I have to use a chain? You, don't have, you can use a chainsaw manually. It's possible to cut down trees. Manually, it is, you can do it. It's a bit tiring. Hard work. It takes longer. But if, if our Father... I mean, if, if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, Jesus, how much more Will your Father in heaven, your heavenly, holy, good Father, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit a good thing to those who ask him? God loves you. God believes in you. He believes in you more than you believe yourself in yourself, even in your best moments. He delights in you why I created you to share in in the joy of relationship with him and that joy is made complete as we are filled with his life his spirit living inside us how am I filled with the spirit as I ask him and that's the second thing as I close it's um, to exercise faith it's that um, moment of the little child Exploring whether he really is or she really is part of the family. How does she know? Well, as he or she steps out, da da. You've seen these. We've got wonderful visual aids around today. These little ones, don't they? They just—they don't start. You know, um, daddy, I'm gonna—I'm gonna just a few seconds. I'm gonna run and launch myself into your arms. Is that okay? Can you can you take my weight? Will you? Will you? Are you are you ready? Have you got time? They just do it and ask. Whoa, launch! I remember actually one of our kids, they were bouncing on the bed. A really little, uh, was it Becky? I think it was bouncing on the bed. And fortunately, I was just aware of what she was doing. But she bounced, she was bouncing on the bed like a trampoline. Age, whatever, two or three or something. And then she just literally, I was about sort of that far away from the bed. She just literally just launched because <laughs> I was going to catch her. You know, no words, no. Unfortunately, wo- I just sort of, I just caught her the last time saw what she was doing, and caught her. But I remember thinking, I, you know, I was a little bit shocked. I said, "Darling, why didn't you say you were going to do that?" Just didn't occur to her. That's what daddies are for. <laughs> you know, daddies catch me when I leave. <laughs> you know, unless you become like little children. That's, our father is waiting for us just to jump into his arms, as it were. I've given this analogy before. The kind of how, and in just a few minutes, I we might perhaps stand and sing another song, um, Sean, by way of response—a kind of prayer song, if you like. So that we can put into practice this, this singing and making music to God, and then perhaps if we remain standing, I'm just going to allow a few moments as we close the day um, for us each in our own way um, to to respond to God, to to hold out our hands, to jump in His arms, to ask for His filling, whatever kind of image or language that you find helpful. But but um, in terms of what does that actually f- Like or look like? What do I do? Um, And this analogy, which again I think I've given before, but insofar as it helps, um, surfing or or bodyboarding. Do do you know what I mean? Have you sort of uh, had a go at bodyboarding (laughs) or surfing? I can't do the surfing, I I keep falling off, so I'll just content with bodyboarding. But you know, the the idea is um, actually it's interesting, you start off in your own strength, You, you lie on a board in the sea. And um, you kind of point the board towards the shore and you look behind and you, you wait for the wave to form. And, and to, to begin to get going, there's, there's, there's sort of something that we do. We have to sort of paddle. We start on our own strength. But it's so unsatisfying just to get into shore on your own strength. <laughs> it's so unsatisfying to feel the wave kind of lift and you're just left there bobbing. You, you kind of know that isn't the point, although, you yeah, know, yeah. But actually being on a board in the sea in my own strength, isn't it? Um, and there comes that moment, isn't there? And again, I remember with the, with the guys, when they first learnt what it was to catch the wave. And, and, and there's fear. Ah, but let's be honest, there is an element, as we, as we kind of step out and ask, you know, we, the, the sort of independent aspect of the sponge of our lives, we've been used just to sitting on the water. And so as, as, as we kind of step out and say, well, okay, God, come and fill me. I'll be honest with you, that's risk. That's risk because subconsciously or consciously you're thinking what am I going to say to my husband or wife or or, um, close friends or flatmates or what what will this mean at work next week or in church um, uh, or in my house group or uh, there are implications and uh, and it's the same with the kids when I had them on the board and the the way it's coming, it's coming and you kind of give them a little launch and, and, and at that point of catch when they, it ceases in their own strength and the power of the wave takes them. I remember it was Emma particularly. I remember because she's got quite an expressive face. Was also, oh, you know, exciting, exciting. And then she suddenly felt that thing and I remember she went, huh? Yeah. I was that frozen sort of, sort of, ah! I've never had this before. <laughs> Quickly followed by squeals of delight as she just giggled her way all the way to the shore. And then we couldn't get her out of the sea because once she got it once she'd learnt what it felt like and then it was great well that was it she was off and, and so it is with the infilling of the spirit I think particularly if it's maybe it's the first time that you've consciously asked God come and immerse me baptise me fill me whatever biblical language and imagery you want to use that first time there's that moment of when you'll sense him and you can climb off the board you know, you can jump, or you can, you can feel the wave of the Spirit, as it were, and, and surf Him. I'm going to stop speaking there. Um, let's stand together. <coughs> I'm going to invite Sean to come um, so that we can sing by way of response.